0: Listener Production. Hi, I'm Tanya, and I'm not 100% confident that the underwear I'm wearing is my own.
1: Tanya Hennessy recently and unsuccessfully campaigned for adults to be able to order children's meals in cafes and pubs. I really wish she'd won. Her passions include TikTok, sitting down, and grated cheese, as well as being a podcaster, radio host, and author. Tanya has her own makeup line called The Carb Collection, which features the How Good Is Bread Carb Coloured Eyeshadow Palette and the I Can't Apply False Eyelashes So This Is Waterproof Mascara.
0: Have you ever put Now Polish as blush? No, I have not. No, don't do that. I yeah. tried it. But it didn't, didn't, work. didn't hurt, actually. Hurt no, to I remove, mean. had to go to hospital.
1: She is a seriously funny lady. And as Tanya explains in our chat, we live in a world where women haven't always been allowed to be funny.
0: Nothing was funny for girls growing up. And I was like, I want to make all the roles funny for women so when they can step into this, they can be, you know, own this funny, fierce story.
1: Up next, The Weekend List with Tate McGregor, where we recommend what to watch, see, do, eat and listen to. But first, here is the honest and hilarious Tanya Hennessy. Tanya Hennessy, welcome to The Weekend Briefing. You are a very busy lady. You are a comedian, you're a TV presenter, you're an author, you're a podcaster, you're a radio announcer. I've probably missed 10 things. My question (laughs) is, do you ever wish you were less busy?
0: Uh, Yes, actually. I just... I, I'm trying now to chill out because methinks the burnout is real. Someone sent me a, a candle with both ends lit and they wrote, This is the Tanya Hennessy candle. <laughs> and I was like, So true. And then, you know, Jeb, I've been like, Okay, I bought this kinesiology machine. You can't see it. And maybe you should buy this. It's, you know what? It comes up when you use the app. It goes, It's called a Healy. It comes up and says, There is no medical proof that this works. <laughs> Don't it's get meant to
1: like,
0: yeah. <laughs> it's meant to help your, uh, you know, your stress levels and your burnout levels. And I love kinesiology and that's trying to help me. But the thing that I've been looking into, and this is like an interesting, too deep, too quick uh, question, is why do I feel the need to be so busy? Ooh.
1: So what's the answer? Why do you feel the Because I'm similar to you. I, I have a sense oh, that I'm yes. running out of time. <laughs> like I always have to just be going. Why do you feel that busy need.
0: Well, you know, um, you know that lyric in in Hamilton uh, where he goes, why do you write like you're running out of time, writing and writing? And I remember being like, oh, my God, I relate to this founding father from the 1700s. <laughs> like, Saves you know, I was like, same, girl, same this. It's a muscle. I, I, I don't know what it is for you, but for me it's a muscle. And I learned it when I was in radio Radio, you wake up every day and you don't know what the news feed's going to be like. So the muscle just churns out content and then you just get really used to the churn and then you get fatigued by the churn. And uh, I think I'm just a bit fatigued by the
1: churn and that's all it is. It's, It's just muscle memory. You create so much content that is based on, I don't know, what I would call the stuff of life, the kind of the little observational things that are happening in our world all the time. Does that mean you have to be kind of on all the time? Are you always looking for the next piece of content? Yes.
0: Oh, well, I'm not looking for it. I'm just open to it. I'm just inspired by life. I'm just open. And that's what, I, this there's all this woo-woo stuff I quite like because it explains why I'm so open to stuff, why stuff just happens to me, why it always, content just creates itself and then I just feel like a bit of a vessel sometimes. And so like last night I couldn't sleep because I was thinking about, uh, writing another book.
1: <laughs> because you're too busy.
0: Well, the thing is, I actually have to learn to turn that off. I'm trying to figure out how to turn that off. Because like I said, the, these things just like flow through me. I'm like, no, nope, not today. I don't need that one. I don't need that one. Don't need that one. I might take that one. Don't need that one. You know, like I'm trying to stop being as open to ideas because I'm you know, you look at TikTok and you look like the, the the churn and burn of content at the moment is just horrendous. You know, I've just finished Stevie even, for example, and people are like, this kid's book. People are like, when's the next one? I'm like, I just finished this. You know, I it's the expectation of the audience as much as it is um, the expectation of the creator.
1: So you've just released this new book for tweens. Tell me about Stevie Louise.
0: She's this, like, determined kid who just wants to make things she's very similar to myself uh but there's no love story in this you know I was reading a lot of junior fiction and a lot of it is based on girlfriends or boyfriends or crushes and especially the ones that were written by women um, for girls if it were but I was like I just want to make something where she's just like wants to make something bigger than herself start a business or an, you know be an entrepreneur and be this fierce woman and have all the girls be really really funny because when I was a kid you know all the women were the, nothing was funny for, for girls growing up. And I was like, I want to make all the roles funny for women. So when they can step into this, they can be, you know, own this funny, fierce story. And like, and the mum is really funny as well. And it's all centered around women, which I think is really friggin' cool. Like the dads are barely in it.
1: Purposely. I love that, especially because I think in so much popular culture, not just for kids, but more generally, women are either mothers or lovers right so they're either in that caring kindness role whether they're a biological mother or they're just a caring figure or they're in that romantic searching or wooing kind of role or desirable role and there's not that much else outside those boundaries.
0: Yeah I remember like being a kid and uh, you know I did theatre and they were like oh we're doing um, Romeo and Juliet you can be Juliet or no way or the nurse and I was like that's it but there's like a plethora of male characters that are like the mother, and the mother mother or yeah helper uh and I was like I don't, I don't want to be like I don't want to do these roles I want to like I as a human want more than this so I've got to
1: write it I've got to
0: write the narrative I wish I had of read as a child
1: whose voice are you channeling when you're writing Stevie is, is it you no because Stevie's
0: cooler than me and funnier than me <laughs> And she's a child as well. Like I'm very much a bitter adult. So is she know. who you would have liked to be as a kid? Definitely. She knows more who she is. It took me a really mm. long time to find out who I was. Like I'm talking 26. <laughs> and like Stevie kind of has a very nice and well adjusted sense of self, younger, which I would have loved. I wish I I wish I was more like that. Like it really took me to do radio to learn who I was. So I was 26. Mm. It's a really long time and then I was like, oh, this is who I am.
1: I don't well, think so at all. Like I, I don't think you, I mean, it's like a good TV series, right? You can't judge it on the first season. The first <laughs> season is always cheap and rubbish and no one had a lot of cash, right? And that's kind of 18 to 25-ish. you got you got to give yourself a bit of
0: time. So true. You watch Shits Creek and you're like, oh, this first series is rough.
1: So tell me, you did a viral video and you've done so many since but you did one that I remember I first came across you watching it where you compared your 18 year old self to your 30 year old self.
0: When you're 18 you're like hey hello whatever I don't need you mm. but when you're 30 you're on a date like I need this I have two eggs left where is this going do you see this ending in marriage I love you.
1: You're mm-hmm. five years on from that how do you compare your 35 year old and 30 year old selves?
0: Um, oh so I think the first one was like when you're 18 you want to get really drunk at a nightclub and don't care where you are but 30 you're like I'm having a red uh be quiet but then at 35 you're like oh I'm not even leaving the house to go to the bar to have a red (laughs) wine I'm decanting from home (laughs) I don't know I actually feel like I don't I don't feel that much difference between uh 30 and 35 maybe I should but I love being in my 30s. I prefer being in my 30s. I had a friend growing up who used to be like, oh, can't wait to turn 30. And I was like, don't wish your life away. And now I'm here. I'm like, no, it's great. How fun is 30? Mm.
1: When you were a kid, when you were Stevie's age, is this what you thought your 30s would look like?
0: No, girl. I thought I would like, I'm from Newcastle and, you know, you're from Canberra so you like get this, but I always thought I'd be like working at like a retail shop or I never thought I would be here. I never thought I would be on a podcast talking to you about a book I wrote. I never thought I would have worked at the radio station for 10 years that you are broadcasting from. I'm so superseded my own thoughts of myself. Like my 12-year-old self would be shocked to find out that she became this person. Like she would be shocked. She'd be like, no way. There's no way. Why? How? How? Shocked and impressed then. Oh, girl, she'd be so impressed. That's a good idea for a TikTok, isn't it, talking to my 12-year-old self and telling her what she's done. So I can't stop the content. Can't, can't stop the stop content. It.
1: You were this kid then who was this happy, enthusiastic, funny kid who was clearly interested in drama and not playing Juliet or the nurse, <laughs> but you didn't necessarily have these big sort of dreams of fame. So tell I just me.
0: were that realistic. You know when you're from New yeah. My mum was a librarian, which is why I like to read and why I like to write. I like to write more than I like to read, but I still read a lot. My dad was a businessman and, you know, my, my sister uh, is in the RAF. She's in the Royal Australian Air Force. My brother's a personal trainer. They all live in Newcastle. So, like, I never saw a path for myself and it wasn't until I sort of moved to Bathurst and Sydney that I saw other people who looked like me and I was like, oh, that's what I could be. But for a really long time I, I couldn't see myself in anyone in my family. That sounds really mean.
1: So tell me about how you managed to get someone like Jules Lund to buy in on your career when you were just getting started.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I sent him a showreel of mine because I made a showreel when I was doing radio in Toowoomba and I was like, hey, what do you think? Could I be like a TV presenter? And he was like, uh, uh, no. <laughs> He's like, Actually, you know, this was 2015, maybe 14. And he was like, TV's kind of dead, girl. Like, I don't think you should be aiming for television. Yeah, he is ahead of his time, like seriously, really ahead of his time. And he was like, I, I think you should be doing social. And I was like, okay. And he's like, make two minute videos, make them really funny, put them on social. I think that he just saw potential in being being yourself, which, you know, it takes a special person to see that. And it takes a special person to understand that maybe your form isn't traditional. Mm-hmm. Like I, I didn't look like a traditional television presenter at the time. I still don't. And he was like, here's a lane for you. And I'm, I'm glad I had the sense to listen to him, but I'm even more glad that he saw something in me.
1: You're one of the most fashionable people I know. You wear bright and bold and these impossibly dramatic, often very girly outfits, but then you will go the opposite way, especially for your photo shoots. Yeah, and then I you... wear like a suit.
0: <laughs> I love it. I tell you, there's nothing more powerful than a woman in a suit. Like that, that is a power move, I, I feel.
1: Who do you think gets more say over what we all consider beautiful? Do you think it's the media or do you think it's the fashion industry? Good question.
0: I don't know. Because don't you think sometimes outfits look good because of um, a flat stomach? You know, there's so many outfits that are designed. If it's been designed for that. You know what I mean? So I go, well, that's fashion, isn't it? Then, you know, like, jam, people won't photograph me, but they'll photograph people who are thinner than me. And I wonder why, because maybe I'm slightly more accomplished. But fat, so where does that sit into the the spectrum? Also, often I can't get dressed by designers, so I dress myself. That's why I have fun clothes, because I've got to dress myself. And I think a lot of people think plus size and they think, oh, let's go to this shop. And I go, nah, there's heaps of stuff in LA and there's heaps of stuff that you can get custom made. And, you know, I just am not satisfied by being told the status quo by uh, someone who's narrow-minded in their vision of what plus size looks like.
1: Yeah, I think we, we very slowly are moving as a community to a place that says if you're a size 12 or bigger, you are allowed to wear something that is not a smock. But <laughs> yeah. media maybe hasn't caught up yet yeah yeah but
0: then you know you got you got social media that just says go fuck it be you like I feel like I have learned so much about body confidence from TikTok not even kidding I follow so many body positive women like especially Lizzo I watch her and I go yes bitch and you know that's that's why I'm on my angel cards and my bloody weird books about <laughs> the universe because <laughs> I need as much help as I can get to get through this life. It's hard, you know. And uh, these books sort of really reiterate the fact that you are enough because sometimes I I feel like I'm not. When I step into my wholeness, that's when I'm at my best. And so when I see these other women like being themselves, I go, yes, I should be myself. And when I'm whole with myself and accepting who I am in that moment, it's awesome. And then you're in the media, so you've got to like deal with people saying stuff. It's not like, you know, it's such a but I wouldn't give it up for the world. I f-ing love my life. I feel like I have the best life.
1: I'm just going to pause there on that because that's really nice. I, I feel like a lot of us live our lives reaching for something that isn't what we've got now. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we I think a lot of us live in our heads where we go, you know what? Things will be better when I've finished my yeah. degree. Things will be better when I've lost 10 kilos. Things will be better when I've had a baby, things will be better when I've met the right person, things will be better when, 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 rather than saying as you did just then, I love what I've got right right now. It's completes me in and of itself. Yes.
0: And that's what a lot of this rhetoric in this woo-woo world is. And I like that because gratitude has saved me because Jam, I used to go, when I'm on a bus, like when my face is on a bus, I'll be successful. And when I was in Canberra doing radio, I'd drive past a bus, multiple buses with my face on it, I felt nothing. And I was like, oh, this isn't the fulfilling part, the work is. Like creating a narrative with females at the centre brings me joy. Seeing kids read my book and laughing and being their first book brings me joy. And gratitude has saved me by going... I am thankful for the fact that I got to wake up today and do this podcast with you and have great people in my life and have a wonderful boyfriend and have a bed that I enjoy going to bed in. You know, like those simple things save me because I, I do do that. I go, oh, I'd be better if I was thinner. I'd be happier when i am got more tan skin. I'd be happier if, you know. But they're just distractions, If you change the narrative in your head about what you're thankful for now, it can like pull you into your wholeness and it's better. It's easier.
1: Tanya, thank you for being you. Thank you for joining us on the weekend briefing and for bringing so much lightness and life-affirming content into the world. Tanya's new book for tweens is called Drumroll, Please. It's Stevie Louise and you can grab your copy at all good bookstores or online via Booktopia. Hello and welcome back to The Weekend List and an extra special welcome to Tate McGregor. Hello, my friend. Hello. Now, tell me, have you got something for me to listen to?
2: Linda Mariano's podcast called Tough Love, the final episode, was put out last week and it's a lesson in just the tough things going on in her life. So she's got a long-distance relationship with her partner Magnus over in the States, and then she's also gone through the egg freezing process, not knowing where she's going to end up when she's going to see her partner again. And it's just a really revealing podcast into what's going on in her personal life. But also the soundscape of it is really interesting and well put together it's like someone's actually almost made a song out of her podcast it's really well timed and just a really slick production so if you love a well put together podcast plus something revealing listen to linda mariano's tough love it's this
1: kind of two-pronged thing it's really emotional and it's also really logistical and at the moment we are in the middle of figuring out how to reunite and whether that's getting me to la or getting him to australia Jam, what have you been watching? Okay, I have been completely devouring Call My Agent on Netflix. I'm a little bit late to this party, so please don't judge me, but it is a French subtitled comedy that is sharp and hilarious, and it is about how positively awful it is being an agent to film stars. So it is based around the agents rather than the stars that they represent, and it is is looking at the relationships within the agency and also all of their relationships. It's got a real kind of 30 Rock vibe to oh, yeah. it, but yeah. very, very French. <laughs> and it's beautifully shot, beautiful clothes. The language is lovely to listen to. It is really, really like laugh out loud funny, And I have been racing through the seasons at a worrying pace, <laughs> hey. What about you? What have you been watching?
2: (laughs) Uh, I've just gotten into an HBO Max series called The Flight Attendant with Kaylee Kuko. I think that's how you say her last name. She was from the Big Bang Theory. But this is essentially she's a flight attendant who's a bit of a loose cannon and you'll see this all in the trailer so it's not too much of a spoiler. But she has a layover in Bangkok and then brings a passenger or goes back to a passenger's hotel room, wakes up the next morning and he's dead in the bed next to her and she can't remember any of the night then she's essentially on the run from the police i'm only two episodes in but it is intense it always leaves you on a massive cliffhanger that makes you just want to hit next it really has some well-woven comedy though it's got a lot of light and shade so it's a bit of a roller coaster if you're looking for that and i'm hooked to say the least when i woke up in the morning he was so alive they know you're lying the whole night it just flickers I can't remember anything
1: about it yes I'm your best friend so I have to ask why'd you clean it up I I don't know I am really impressed that you've been able to stop at two episodes
2: I, I was also impressed honestly honestly <laughs> could have been the rest of my weekend
1: <laughs>
2: Um, Jem, what have you been cooking up in the kitchen
1: uh, as you know, I really love to cook, and I had some mates coming over last week for dinner who were both vegan and wanted to make something I hadn't made before. It can be really hard to cook vegan food. <laughs> I'm sorry to all the vegans listening. It is hard when you're not used to it because suddenly you realise everything has an egg in it. Mm, anyway, mm. I went to good old Google, but Yotam Ottolenghi has a series of vegan recipes that can be served together. So I made them up. I just shamelessly copied exactly what he suggested. So not we had crispy that. couscous with pumpkin, tomatoes and cinnamon, which had this like caramelised kind of layer on the bottom of the pan, which Yum. made it ridiculously <sighs> yummy. And then we had that with a kohlrabi noodle salad, which was delightful. And kohlrabi is an underused vegetable. Mm. And you have to ask for help at the supermarket to find it. But that's okay. Set aside your shame. And then we had tangerine donuts for dessert. And Did you I make myself? Oh, my goodness. I guess, yes, I give myself 11 out of 10. I want to be around to the next dinner then. That's it for the weekend briefing today. If you enjoyed the episode, then we would love for you to come back again. The best way to do that is to subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. Then you'll get us dropping into your feed each and every day. We will be back with The Briefing on Monday morning at 6am sharp where Tom and Annika will have the most important headlines. Straight to your headphones. Listener.